What is up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Wex Appeal Barbells, Beats, and Buffoonery, episode number 11. And man, I could not be happier with the guest that we have on our show today. And we will talk about that very shortly. But before we begin, as always, let's talk about our, my sponsor, Duke Cannon Supply Company. I know, I know, you're sick of it. You're like, ah, oh, will you stop talking about soap? I get it. We need to be clean. We need to smell good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you do. Nobody likes smelly people. Like, that sucks. When you smell and you can actually smell yourself, you want to go take a shower. And when you do go take a shower, don't you want to smell as best as possible? Yes, you do. So head over to DukeCannon.com, Duke Cannon Supply Company. They have all your toiletry needs that you need to make yourself smell amazing. And it's not just for guys, but it's generally, you know, kind of a guy thing. But ladies can use it as well. It's amazing soap. They have the Buffalo Trace Big Ass Bar of Soap, which is my weapon of choice in the shower. I love it. And then I use the solid cologne when I get out, double it up. I've uh, got that Buffalo Trace smell, which is more of like an oak barrel. It's it's wonderful. So get over there, dukecannon.com. Use the promo code BBWEX11 or BBWEX10B, actually, are the two promo codes that are out there right now that you can use to get yourself 10% off. And if, as always, if you try to use a code and it does not work or you're listening to this way after the fact shoot me a, di a direct message i'll get you your own personal promo code just for you i'll hook you up we'll get you set up my guest today is an animal expert he is one of i mean my goodness he was 12 years old when he actually started the reserve the uh, reptile uh, rescue reserve that he currently still has and uh, he's been doing this for a long time. He is a ball of energy. Uh, that is the best way to explain it. The guy just is nonstop. Whether it's working with animals, working with celebrities, you name it, he's got amazing stories. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, may I introduce to you my guest today, Mr. Corbin Maxey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest today is a TV personality. He's an animal expert and a biologist, and you may have seen him on – there's many notable uh, TV appearances that he's had, um, those being The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, Late Night with Seth Meyers, The Today Show, Inside Edition, The Martha Stewart Show, What um, Watch What Happens Live. Uh, with I don't Andy watch Hope. it either. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look down. I'm like, there's a whole list of things here. I'm like, let me let me check and make sure I got them all. But um, my my guest today is Corbin Maxey. How you hey, doing? Hey, dude, I'm so good. Thank you for uh, asking me to come on the podcast. I'm really excited today. Absolutely. Kind of like I told you before, it, it it's very surreal. Me being a, a new podcast host and and interviewing people and talking to them when really my only interaction with you has been just watching YouTube. <laughs> and so you, you talk to me, but now it's like, oh. Like I'm, I'm talking back now and, and can actually, you know, we can interact and, and have some conversations. So thank you so much for, for being on the show and, and agreeing to do this. It's, that's awesome. It's such a relief because usually I'm on the other end of the spectrum interviewing people for my podcast, Animals to the Max. Yeah. So it's nice being able to just like, yeah, you just wanted to talk to me. I'm like, man, let's talk animals. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So thanks for having me. Yeah. And that was actually, that's some of the other, you know, accolades. I mean, you're a busy man. Uh, from from everything that I see, you do a lot. So you have a podcast, the Animals to the Max, and then on your Instagram, Facebook, um, and YouTube, you're doing the Animal Nights Live. Yep, yep, yep. That 
dude, it's been insane, man. It's been crazy. I don't know how. Yeah, I run around like a crazy person. So how many shows like is that all the shows that you have or do you have other things going on? Um, yeah, dude. So it's insane. So honestly, what happened? So the podcast I've had for we're on our fourth season, so nearly three years, Animals to the Max, and that that has been so much fun. And a podcast, it was one of those things where you kind of jump into it and you're like, I don't know where this is gonna go, but let's see. What find out that people are listening around the world then you have like one person from norway and then australia and you're yeah. like wait a second people are listening to me it's, it's amazing it's funny you mentioned that because i actually got a message today this morning i was at the gym um and I, so i i also i coach crossfit and i coach the 5 a.m class oh man and i get a message on my phone from the netherlands <laughs> from he's like hey man great uh great podcast with Tommy and da, 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 all this stuff. I was like, this guy's in the Netherlands listening to me talk to people. This is surreal. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. No, I, I love it. So yeah, so the podcast keeps me really busy, but we started Animal Nights Live, which is basically an animal late night show. It's a late night format. We started that back in March because of COVID and I was yeah. stuck at home. And I mean, honestly, I love doing live appearances. I love appearing on these national shows. And with COVID, it put a complete kibosh to it. And I, dude, honestly, I was getting antsy, like my create my creative mind. I, and I wanted to talk about animals. And I was like, what can I do? And I was like, I've always wanted to host like a late night style format where I interview animal experts, you know, other animal experts and have animals on and interact with an audience. And I thought, I'm just going to do it. So I went on Amazon. I bought a New York backdrop. Got some studio lights, and we're almost in our 40th week of doing Animal Nights Live, and that wow. airs every Thursday night on my Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, 10 p.m. Eastern. That's awesome. I, now, as I said, I'm the 5 a.m. coach, so I don't pick that up live. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. 10 o'clock Eastern Time, I'm in bed. Um, Dude, I get know, it. Get up at 4 a.m., but you, definitely we can pick it up on the, you know, because it, it posts to the page, so you can go back and, and watch it. Yeah. So real quick before we kind of get into everything, so tell people where they can find that, like where they can find you on Instagram and on Facebook, YouTube and all this. Yes, all this. and we have to mention TikTok. It's my claim oh. to fame, apparently. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. But, no, uh, but no. I'm I'm just now getting into TikTok, and I'm far too old, is what I'm finding. <laughs> no, dude, you're not too old, man. I, you know what's so funny with TikTok is my wife was like, you need to do TikTok, and I was like honey, one more platform. Are you me? Like, I don't have time. And I literally just put some stuff to music and it just blew up for us. So I'm just, yeah. yeah. So TikTok's been great, but so you can find me on Instagram at Corbin Maxi, C-O-R-B-I-N-M-A-X-E-Y, not I. And uh, dude, I know I got teased forever <laughs> being called Maxi Pad back in the day. So I always had to say E-Y. Uh, yeah. You can find me on Facebook as well. And then on TikTok, it's just Corbin underscore Maxi. And that's how you, you can literally just follow me, subscribe to my channel on YouTube, and you get to see all of uh, the stuff we get to do with the animals every week. Absolutely. And, and I highly recommend doing that. Um, if you're listening, go subscribe because it, I was telling you before, you know, kind of before we started the recording, my family has been sitting down watching your videos and absolutely loving it. Um, your so your animal light live videos are lar are longer, but you, you're also putting out tons of YouTube like two to five minute like right with my kids' attention span um, videos, the two to five minute format, which 
they're just eating up and loving even my so my three-year-old even this morning was like i want to watch i want to watch snappy in the gummy oh, world so cool <laughs> man it's so cool because honestly we i have so much on my plate with the podcast animal nights live and, and we film for youtube like you said so to hear when people like comment or say they enjoy the content is so awesome i have dude i have so much fun with youtube i love those quick videos i love yeah. the quick edits like i just and i have to give a shout out to my buddy elias he's a youtube dude he's a youtube star he's a full-time youtuber so i they really took me in and kind of taught me the tricks of the trade because as you know animal nights live is an hour-long show because i love just blabbing about animals but sure you know kids don't have an hour-long attention span <laughs> so two to no. three minutes is good for us on youtube and and that's a and kind of segueing into how i came across your page in the first place is so obviously i'm into crossfit and fitness and kind of following all those things and i follow robert oberst obi on uh OB. on on his instagram and i saw the vid or I, well, I saw a picture that he posted of you guys moving sony yep and i'm like well let me check this out and then i went you know so i you know looked at the video or looked at the picture i was like oh that's cool found the video went and found the video watched that i'm like this is really cool and then i just started kind of going down the rabbit hole <laughs> of watching all the different videos that you that you'd posted and i was like man this is this is awesome so uh, kind of going we're going to go into the way back time machine mm -hmm. here um let's do it in, yeah in in going back and watching your videos and kind of seeing where you came from and then kind of like doing doing my research and looking and seeing where you started you started you started the the reserve at 12. yes man 12 how, years old how does a 12 year old um have the wherewithal to first of all start a a wildlife reserve and or a rescue reserve and like obviously your parents were supportive of it um or maybe or maybe not like i don't know how that how that went down but tell me you know how did that happen yeah, so really quick. So I had a very unusual childhood. I grew up in Roby Creek, Idaho, which is just in the middle of nowhere. So imagine sure. a cabin in the middle of the woods. Like we okay. had an outhouse, and my mom hates when I say this, but we had an outhouse for the first year. I know I said that recently during an interview. She's like, why are you telling people that? I was like, mom, it's relatable. But uh, so we lived in the middle of the woods, man. And so yeah. when most people had friends, I didn't have any friends. I was out catching, and I didn't know any better. I, I love my childhood, by the way, but yeah. I was catching frogs and snakes and lizards. And we always had animals. Like we had a potbelly pig, ducks. I had chickens, pigeons, pheasants. I had a, a, a green iguana, cats, rabbits, guinea pigs. Like we just were an animal household. And as long as I was responsible, my parents allowed me to have these animals. And so sure. at 12 years old, we were at a pet store in Meridian, Idaho, and I just came across, I overheard a guy trying to give away this ball python to the pet store owner, the pet store reptile guy. Yep. And the guy's like, we don't have room for it. And I was like, dad, can we get this ball python? <laughs> and he's like, whatever. Okay. So we followed this guy back to his shady apartment in Meridian, Idaho, um, uh -huh. to, to, to get this snake. And I, at 12 years old, I got this snake. His name was Reggie, a ball Python. And to this day, that snake is still alive and it blows my mind. Cause he was old when I got him. So he's well yeah. into his late twenties, early thirties for a ball Python, which they only live to be, I don't know, in their twenties. So he's a pretty old okay. snake, but that snake started it all. Wow. Okay. That kind of leads me to some, some of my other questions a little bit later, but so I've seen in some of your videos that you have like Shere Khan. Yep. Yep. And the first video of Sony was that I saw was on 
Jay Leno. On Leno, man. And he was very small uh, uh-huh. in comparison to what he is now. Uh, so, like, what are some of the oldest animals? I don't want to say oldest, but, like, that yeah, you the have. ones I've. Yeah, so, okay, so I guess basically to back up, so I rescued Reggie at 12. At 13, I had, so at 12, I was like, I should start a reptile reserve. And it was kind of like, and I I love talking, dude. I love talking to people about animals. I would call the local YMCAs and be like, can I come talk my ball python? And I, dude, my get up was so funny. Like, and I was like, to get picture what I looked like, I was a short, chubby kid. I had super round. I was like as tall as I was round. I mean, whatever. I had, uh, I wore a safari hat, this giant, it looks like a cloak now, which we still have with this giant shirt with yeah. an alligator, um, whatever emblem. And I would go and talk to, to, to schools and little local YMCA. So at 13, I had over 60 different animals wow. living in my parents' bonus room and God, God bless my parents. Cause they were, they were amazing. And you know, and a lot of people are like, how did you get all those animals? Well, I mean, honestly, when the word gets out that you are taking in unwanted reptiles, it, yeah. the gates just flood. I mean, I had a baby alligator. I even had a piranha, which is not a reptile, but still sure. cool. I had a Shere Khan, the big Burmese py- python, albino Burmese python, had all these exotic animals. And so at, at, like I said, at 13 years old, and so some of the oldest animals I have include, uh, you know, Shere Khan, the big uh, python, some turtles, some of our tortoises, Tinkerbell, and they uh-huh. live, they live a long time. So some of those animals will be passed down to my kids one day. Wow. That's, that, that's incredible. Um, so, ha- so you start this, this reserve at 12, um, mm. and not long after that, you ended up on Leno. So Dude, ha- it was the weirdest thing. So I never, like, I grew up watching the Crocodile Hunter. That is one thing we had. We had, yeah. like, a dish in the middle of the woods, and it would, for some reason, it would pick up Animal Planet. So I remember loving watching the Crocodile Hunter. Sure. I love Jack Hanna. Um, mm-hmm. But I never saw myself doing that. A, a kid in Idaho, I never grew up being like, that's what I want to do. I just, I loved animals, and I, I don't know. So I had all these rescued animals, and my mom, huge fan of The Tonight Show, came across a talent scout audition. And they were looking for teenagers with weird or unusual talents. And so my mom submitted me as a weird teenager. I had no idea. My, like literally oh, wow. my mom – yeah, dude, my mom pitched me. And she sent – she showed me the email after after she said, hey, I kind of submitted you for something. I hope you don't mind. But it was the, it was the best pitch. She just she, – she wrote The Tonight Show because they were doing some audition. And she said – and she pretended to be me. She said, hey, I'm Corbin Maxey. And at the time, I just turned 14. So I'm 14 years old. I have all these exotic rescued animals. Call me the next crocodile hunter, dot, 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 or just call me. Yeah. It was smart. It was a good pitch. It wasn't this long. And a week later, I got a call from The Tonight Show. And I thought it was a prank. And I'm like, what? This isn't real. And I was like this. You know what I mean? And he had the producer have this big, deep voice. And like, hi, this is Steve from The Tonight Show. And I'm just like, what? This is a prank. And long story short, a couple months later, I ended up on Leno. And that was after submitting some audition tapes. And, and they said, Corbin, you're not really what we're looking for, for this teenage segment. And I was like, Oh crap, that sucks. But they said, how about we give you a guest spot? So like a second guest spot behind a celebrity. I was like, what? That's, I was like, of course. So I was on the tonight show at 14 years old. Guess who the celebrity was, man. I was 14 in high school. Well, I, I know because I saw someone some of your other videos, Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson, <laughs> man, this 
my first encounter with the celebrity. She looked just as good as she did on TV. I mean, I just remember she had this glow about her, and I don't know. Yeah. It was just so cool. I was like, what? I, I, I did Leno, and I thought it would be a one-time thing. Like, I thought, this is my, you know, I'm just doing it one time. And I remember the lights turned off, the cameras turned off, and I was looking over at Jay. I was looking at the audience, and I thought, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like I had found my calling. I had never, it was the weirdest thing. I just was like, this is what I want to do. So I've been pursuing a career working with animals and educating people about them on TV ever since. Yeah. And then you became a producer. So, um, yep. the live with the reptile guy. Yeah. Uh, it, it, so, I mean, man, talk about a, talk about a journey. <laughs> um, it, it's been a journey, man. It really has. And, and I appeared on Leno several times after that initial appearance, yeah. but it was one of those things where I did learn the harsh realities of TV because when I was on Leno at 14, I was like, this is great. I'll just get a show on Animal Planet and my my uh, my dreams will be – I mean I'll, I'll be great. I'll be able to travel the world and you know what I mean? And it just yeah. – I learned the I learned the tough reality of the business. And it actually, it took me three and a half years to get back on Leno from that appearance yeah. at 14. But I just continued to persevere and I just would – continue to go and i was like this is what i want to do so but in between that i started live with the reptile guy because i was like well i'm not on Leno, so why don't i start a public access tv show and it was amazing yeah. some of the best years of my life well i mean you're very personable i mean you, you. i mean the way that you talk definitely people want to listen and just your excitement just in general i mean for animals as well but just the way that you carry yourself is has that exciting personality so i definitely see why these shows have taken off um for sure now i've i've been to idaho Oh, now, nice. I, only one time. I, I loved it. I would, you know, love to go back at some point. Uh, we went to, um, actually went with a group to Coeur d'Alene. Oh, we just got back from Coeur d'Alene last week. That's amazing, yeah. dude. It's oh, northern Idaho. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, just, yep. just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I will be honest. Reptiles are not the first thing that I thought of as no. being like something that's in Idaho, and I'm from Florida, so. Mm. Uh, you know, we know all about the gators here, you know, as yep. far as, uh, I mean, you will happen across them anywhere, anytime, uh, you'll, you, you know, you can run into a gator depending on where. So obviously when I started watching your videos, I'm like, he's in Idaho. How does that work? You know, alligators and reptiles. So tell me, so you've had, how long have you had Sony? Um, so I've had Sonny for 13, 14 years, and he's almost okay. 20 years old. Yep. And you had him out – obviously had him outdoors in that pen. So the video that I saw, you were actually moving yep. him from the outdoor yep. pen to indoor pen. So ha not being as big of a nature guy, obviously, yep. <laughs> how does that work? How do they survive in, in that kind of climate? Yes, and yes. And by the way, so all of my animals are exotic. So none of them oh. are native to Idaho, uh, just so your listeners know. And yeah. with the alligators, they are rescues. So Sonny was actually living in a bedroom in Boise. He was a little under four feet. I showed up. He didn't have any water. I think the people had good intentions, but mm -hmm. they just he just outgrew his tank where he was. And he was living in this bedroom. And so I got Sonny when he was a little under four feet. And I, w I remember I was a senior in high school, and I got Sonny. And so I, uh, so we had Sonny indoors for a little bit. We actually moved facilities. So in 2012, we packed up and we moved out to the Snake River in Marcin, Idaho, which is around an hour outside of Boise. Mm -hmm. And on the property that my parents owned, we have natural geothermal water. So which means oh, wow. it's we have a natural hot spring. So it's yeah. it was like meant to be that we had this natural hot springs. And so my parents have bought this house on the river. 
and the house had this old defunct homemade hot tub that it just it never really worked but it was like this hot tub it was a pretty big area pretty big pool but it it turned out it looked like the perfect alligator exhibit so we built land around it Uh double fenced it and for eight years sawney lived in the outdoor exhibit under the idaho elements we have warm summers very cold winters but he was under this hot water so the hot his pond would be steaming you know because right now it's like 20 degrees outside and he would be in this hot tub and as alligators do they grow so we put him in there he was probably six six and a half feet now he's like 10 and a half, almost 11 feet. So it was time for us to move him. And so we just moved him and my other female chompers into our brand new facility, which is a thousand square feet. It's like, dude, it's, I wish I could move into this place. It's like he yeah. did 38 foot long pool. It's just amazing. So that's what yeah. we did. And that's the video you saw. If you're listening to this, go and go to the YouTube and watch YouTube. those two of yeah. uh, moving, of moving both of them. They're great, great videos. Um, I mean, I do talk a lot about fitness on the show just because mm. that's one of the things I do. But, you know, what are kind of the things that you do? Is it just working with the animals constantly or do you have your own like routine? I do. Stay in shape to handle these animals because, I mean, you got to you got to have some muscle to 100 uh, percent jump on the back of an 11 foot alligator. Dear God, do you, do you ever? So I do. So I actually, so I was really pudgy, as you mentioned earlier, uh, during my first Lido appearance. And then oh, I, that was off air. So people, don't... Oh, 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 it was off air. Yeah. So I, I talked to Wex and he was like, Hey, you're pretty fat. No, I'm kidding. You didn't say yeah. that. I was, uh, I was healthy. I joke around. I had a passion for animals and cheeseburgers when I was 14. So, uh, so yeah, no, so fitness has always been a big deal for me. Actually, and this was the coolest class in high school. They had a class called Lifetime Fitness, and it was a two-hour or two-hour block. And we got to go to a gym, Gold's Gym, and we got credit okay. for it. That's when I learned about fitness. And it, I was addicted, man. So yeah. from then on, 17 on, I've honestly taken it seriously. So every day I run. So honestly, right before I got on with you, I was on the treadmill. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I alternate, so I'll, I'll run. I love running outside. Right now it's a little mm. too cold and it's a little icy. Um, yeah. And then I also lift weights. I do free weights as well. Just to, okay. I think it's so important and it's honestly, that's like my natural drug. If I do not work out, I'm in a weird mood. It's really yeah. crazy. I'm not, I don't feel like myself. Oh, I, I know that feeling very well. <laughs> that's, I mean, as life of a, of a CrossFit coach, I mean, there are days where I'm like, no, I just have to go to the gym and I have to. It just doesn't matter what's going on. I got to get in there, throw some weight, and I feel way better after. So, so much better. And my wife doesn't understand it because there'll be times that she's like, let's go, dude. Let's, let's jump out of bed and do this. I'm just like, honey, I just, yeah. I'm sorry. I have to, I need to run or I have, dude, I have to. Like, I think my mind just goes so fast and I just have so much energy that I need to do that. And I feel like if anyone's stressed or depressed, exercise is the best thing, man. It's, Absolutely. it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. And and, and it's funny, like I'll get into certain workouts and like my mind just starts to clear and you start and like I can literally think about things while I'm doing a workout Um, or if I'm on a run. Um, I don't run as much anymore. I I trained for half marathons and things like that. I ran my first half marathon and was like, I'm good. I don't don't, don't run anymore. That was awful. but and I felt like I pre- prepared very well for it, but you know I got done with it. and I was like, man, I got my medal, I'm I'm good to go on this one. You know, mark that one off the off the bucket list. But you know, while running, you know, doing a two three mile run, 
man, you could just, I just sit there and just process thoughts and just, it just go, you know, I can clear my head completely on a run and come back and feel great. Dude, I love it. And before any TV appearance, anything I do, I always run. And once again, my wife thinks I'm crazy. So because of COVID, I've had to start shooting the Today Show appearances in my backyard, which yeah. means to do East Coast time, it's like super early. I mean, we film at 7 a.m., but dude, I have to get up. So at 5 a.m., I'm running in the pitch black in the middle of the country because I just, yep. dude, I have to get that workout in. Even when I used to fly back to New York, that is so important. And you're to get, I don't know, exercise is so important. I can't stress it enough. Yeah. So, um, as far as, you know, with, you know, so with, you know, so you said free weights running uh -huh. kind of that, that you do. Um, so how many, and I think you may have mentioned this, but how many animals do you have currently on the, on the reserve? So do you want me to count the cockroaches or not the cockroaches? <laughs> Cause we have over a thousand if you want me to count the cockroaches. Wow. No, we'll just, we'll just go with the, with the, I, well, I don't want to say it's not furry animals because it's reptiles as well. But we'll, <laughs> we'll go with we'll we'll go with the non-insect. Okay, perfect. Go from there. <laughs> so I have over 30 different animals. The majority are rescues, so that includes two alligators, four large sulcata tortoises. They're the big ones you see from Africa. Uh, albino Burmese python. So I have Shere Khan, a normal phase Burmese python, several smaller snakes, a monitor lizard, an iguana a pet turkey named Tom who has his own fan base, which is insane. Uh, Napoleon, a six foot tall emu, uh, smaller turtles. I have, I guess I ended up with like five tarantulas now, which is insane. So I'm yeah. trying to find homes for a few of those. Uh, tailed whip scorpion, uh, tree skink, um, a blue tongue skink, a bunch of fun stuff. Yeah. So one of the questions, and this is actually for my wife, it, it was okay. It was talking to her and she's like has there ever been an animal animal that you came across that maybe surprised you either you liked it more than you thought you would or you didn't like it you know as much as you thought like oh. it's like an animal that kind of sticks out there you're just like you had a different expectation before you came in contact with it oh that's so, okay that's such a good okay so it wasn't that i was disappointed with the animal Mm -hmm. And oh my God, I might get hate for this, but okay. So <laughs> sloths, I love yeah. working with sloths, but they have a lot of people don't realize that sloths are mean. They're not nice. Not and nice. I have worked with sloths numerous times on the Today Show. We've done other press in New York. Uh, Wonderama is a kids TV show. And I love the sloth I get to work with. He's uh -huh. great. His name is Albert, but he's cranky. And that is an animal that, you know, when you look in media, I mean, you know, you see sloths smiling and they look so yeah. cute and people are like, all I want to do is cuddle a sloth. And it's like, no, you don't. They're not no. nice. <laughs> so <laughs> that is one animal that it wasn't disappointing, but I was kind of shocked. Like I was like, oh, this is uh, they're not nice. And yeah. uh, that was something some animals that blow my mind, the intelligence. Um, I work with a great bird handler. His name is Fung Lu. He's back east. So when I do the Today Show. He has these amazing birds that do these amazing behaviors. Like we had – he had a pair of blue jays build a nest on – like build – like fly sticks on top of Kathy Lee Gifford's head before she left the Today Show. Yeah. J just insane. So the intelligence of some animals really shocks me. Like those types of birds, crows are like one of the most intelligent animals in the world. They can talk, problem solve. So those are animals that are – when you learn about them, those really open your eyes. You're like, I had no idea – that these animals are so intelligent until you dig deep into the research and learn about them. Huh? So now on the, on the basis of, 
you know, wild animals and things that you that you've come in contact that have surprised you. You also have come across a lot of celebrities. Yes. <laughs> any of those interactions with animals and celebrities that surprised you that maybe that you could talk about? We don't want to put anybody on blast, but <laughs> that uh, was just like like that they were like really cool with it or they were just like, yeah, you just go ahead and stay away. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. You know, I've met so many celebrities doing this and. You know, everyone's been pretty nice. A lot of people ask me how the Today Show people are. The Today Show people are so nice. Yeah. Um, Seth Myers is great. I've ran into Seth so many times. It's like really weird how many times I've ran into Seth Myers. Like I've been walking around New York in Manhattan, which is home to 8 million people, and I have run yeah. into Seth Myers just at the park. It's really weird. I was on that show Watch What Happens Live with Andy yeah. Cohen. And they have a celebrity guest and we were waiting to hear the announcement like, oh, I hope it's a cool, you know, celebrity. And it was like, the guest that night is Seth Myers. And it was like, we like ran into each other in the elevator. It's like, hey man, how's it going? Like, and we probably both were like, oh man, it's, it's you again. So anyway, so Seth is great. Um, there hasn't been any, some people are standoffish when you work with the animals. Tyra Banks is a great example of someone who she was awesome. Yeah. She was so nice, but she didn't want anything to do with the animals. She was terrified. Like the producers wanted her to feed a baby wallaby and she's like, ah, she did not. She's like, I'm good. I don't, I mean, so, but she was nice, but definitely like standoff. Yeah. Like I don't, um, another one that comes to mind is Jennifer Lopez. Okay. I did a, I did a show in front of her, which I'm not usually that starstruck, but it's Jennifer Lopez, man. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like. It's what? And she looks, as you can imagine, as stunning as ever. And yeah. she sat and she she was a surprise. So A-Rod, her fiance, the baseball, old baseball player, yeah. he was co-hosting yeah. with Kathy Lee and Hoda. So he was there. I knew I was yeah. working with A-Rod and then the surprise was Jennifer Lopez was there. And I remember she sat in a director chair and just watched the whole segment. And I just remember – I, and I remember afterwards, and by the way, I usually don't do this because I'm, I don't, I want, when you work with celebrities, you don't want them to, you, you, you don't want to be giddy and be like, Hey, can I get a picture? So you just treat them like normal yeah. people. But for right. Jennifer Lopez, I'm like, dude, I want to get a picture. So I was like, yeah. Hey, like trying to get her attention. Like you want to come meet the animals? And she just was like, <laughs> she was nope. nice. She's like, get away from me with the biggest bodyguard I've ever seen, dude. Yeah guy was massive but jennifer <laughs> lopez's mom was cool she's like i'll get in the photo and i'm like screw it i'll get jennifer lopez's mom so i have a picture with j-lo's mom holding an alligator it's like whatever i mean the closest i am to her so that was kind of cool that that's cool and like again going through your videos and watching things i'm like man I, yeah i know he's with them with them with them like tons of you know tons of celebrities so that's awesome um so i was gonna ask you are there any that got you just like kind of that star starstruck moment you know obviously j-lo you know would be one of them first um, lady the first lady former uh, first lady laura bush was really cool yeah and she's so poised she's so presidential man when she yeah. walks in she's just like her just like walked in just like a boss and i remember <laughs> my producer emailed me the day before so for security because she has secret service they couldn't tell anybody so the day before he's like hey don't tell anybody but the former first lady is going to do that. She wants to do the segment with you. And I was like, what? So wow. when she walked in, I was talking to my producer and all of a sudden these guys in black come up and say, Hey, walk straight, like straight ahead, take a right. Don't look behind you. And my producer's like, okay, just walk ahead. He just like, you know, he's like, okay, just listen to them. And that's when she, and, and, and of course I like peeked once I was behind the corner, I was like, who's yeah. here? And, and it was her, but she was amazing. And she was so presidential and she was so nice 
and yeah. uh, that's someone who was just like this is an icon um and uh another person who sticks out megan kelly who she was like one of the nicest people i've ever met like one of the nicest celeb like so nice like i just can't tell you how nice she was i just loved working with her so that's awesome so uh, if if i were i'm sure you have a bucket list as far as animals are concerned so Mm -hmm. what are some animals that you maybe haven't worked with yet that are kind of on that bucket list that you're like man i would love to i would love to have an opportunity to kind of interact with with those animals so you mean to bring on tv or to see out in the wild or maybe that you've just never been – I mean, I don't know. You've probably had access to a lot of you know, zoos and being able to go and, and interact uh-huh. with them. But is there an animal that you haven't yet – whether it be out in the wild or being able to work with that you've just been like, man, I would love to work with that animal, but I haven't gotten the opportunity yet? Out in the wild, a leopard. It evaded uh, me twice in Africa, man. I, Dude, I – want to see leopards so bad i'm just yeah. i mean and they just yeah so a leopard to see one out in the wild would be phenomenal to see wild dogs out in africa i i, I love africa it's an amazing yeah. place i'd highly recommend people to go there um i think uh you know i'm obsessed with hippos so every time i get to work with a hippo it's insane man i got to feel i got to feel the fat i don't even know what to call it like i, I a giant hippo named herbie opened his mouth he lives at the toledo zoo and i just got to feel the inside of his mouth and it was like gelatinous it was i i was on cloud nine i remember calling my mom i was like this is the best day of my life and it was just you know it was so cool man i saw somebody post a video about a hippo and i don't i don't I've watched so much now. I don't know if it was on your channel or on someone yeah. else of the fact that they can swim like crazy fast. Oh yeah. And it was going along in a boat and you just see the swell under the water and it just rose up out of the water. And I think that was mine, dude. Cause we almost, we, Oh, it was terrifying. They scare you in Africa. Yeah. Cause they capsize boats and the water's murky and you're in this little boat and they're like, we don't know where the hippos are. And, Hippos kill more people in Africa than I actually I think crocodiles might take the rain now. I looked at a new stat, but hippos and crocodiles are the most dangerous. So, yeah. but yeah, hippos, you know, they come out on land and they're surprisingly silent. So, huh. in Africa, you have to a a, a Maasai warrior, which just doesn't make any sense to me. He walks you to your cabin, and all he has is a stick, and you're just wondering like, what would really happen if like this guy, if something, you know what I mean? He's like, you yeah. know, all dressed up in this quilt and they yeah i don't it's quilt that's probably not the right attire you know what i mean he's like sure. in this robe with a stick but yeah they see so they walk you you know for safety because they graze out on uh on the land at night to eat the grass but they're so incredibly silent but uh other animals i'd love to see jaguars uh in the wild pink river dolphins i'd love to swim with manatees i know that's something that you have in florida that would be amazing um yeah there's did i have a whole bucket list mountain gorillas Dude, are high up there to go in Rwanda and there's only like 600 of these animals left. That that's yeah. a bucket list for sure. It's funny that you mentioned the pink dolphins. My my daughter actually just did research on pink dolphins. Oh yeah. I need you to find me a picture and pull it up so that I can put it in my report. And so she was doing research on I forget where are they? Are they in Amazon? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say South America. Yeah. Um, yep. And, uh, and she was like, I need this, I need this pulled up. And so I was pulling up pictures of pink dolphins. <laughs> so it's funny that you, that you mentioned those. Uh, she's, she is my, so my, I have four kids. My oldest is 11 and she loves 
she loves animals. Mm-hmm. She's huge into horses. Like horses are mm-hmm. her thing. Like she spends the summers up in Massachusetts with my with my mother, and goes to a horse camp, and oh. absolutely loves it. And she she also has um, the severe ADD. Okay. And so when she's not around horses, she generally has to be medicated to kind of contr- like help her focus and, mm. and and like lock in on school and and those things. And we're very as a family, we're very much against. We're not against medication, but if we can find alternate solutions that are more natural, we would rather do a more natural solution. Um, and the doctor that we went to go see was like, I don't like prescribing medicine to kids, um, but she needs it because she's suffering in school and she can't focus. And, and it's like it's like she walks in a room and looks at something, but like a thousand bells and whistles are just going off all around her that she can't shut off. Oh, man. She's around the horses. All of it goes away. Like, she is 100% like focused on the horses. And so we're actually um, talking to insurance and things like that about actual equine therapy. So, so smart. So we're trying to go that route because she loves horses so much. Um, I mean, if she's not around horses, she's playing like she is a horse like she she is all in on 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 horses so we're we're trying to definitely push her in that direction of being able to you know kind of use that as a way to help her just be able to focus and when horses are in the room there's nothing else animals are so therapeutic there's a horse ranch right down the road from me that does that and i and horses are great. And by the way, you won't have to worry about her getting boyfriends. They always say keep girl, young teenage girls with horses seriously because that's yeah. like masculinity. Like it keeps them in line and away from trouble. So I would promote yeah. that horse business all the way through high school, man. Yeah. My mom called me last summer. And so a little history on, on me. So my father, um, before he passed away, actually trained thoroughbred racehorses. Mm. So I grew up on horse farms until I was about 13. Um, unfortunately he passed away of cancer. So we moved, you know, we moved away from the farm and I kind of lost the whole, you know, horse culture. You know, I wasn't on the farm Mm -hmm. every day. I wasn't, you know, we ended up selling the horses that we had and things like that and kind of moved into the city and, and kind of had to adapt a little bit. But my, my daughter is like a carbon copy of my dad. Wow. Gets around horses and she is just a completely different person and is amazing with them. And she is the whole summer. She's completely off her medication. Like that's great around the horses. So as much as we can, we promote, you know, promote her getting out there and, and, and riding and, and she doesn't even, not even riding. She just, she wants to groom them. She wants to feed. She wants to do everything there is to do with horses. So it's been it's been fun, but my mom called me last summer. It was the first summer that she did this, and uh, she's like, I've got good news and bad news. I'm like, is she okay? She's like, oh, no, she's fine. She's like, the good news is she's amazing with horses. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. She's like, the bad news is horses are really expensive. Uh, <laughs> yep. So you are in trouble. Um, <laughs> yep. They're called, hay, they're called hay burners. People, the farmers around here call them hay burners. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've got a friend of mine who has two horses, and he's like, they're absolutely useless. <laughs> I know. I hate to break it to people, but it, you'll ask farmers about horses, and they're like, yeah, hay burners, 100%. Yeah. Um, he's like – and the horses he has are quarter horses, and he's like, you can't even ride them. Like, so they funny. Just, 
they just sit around and they eat and they're great they're fun but um but yeah she is a completely different person so i love it um and then you've got my my seven-year-old who actually is she's into everything and the girl has no fear like no fear and um i'm trying to think what it was it i want to say it was two years ago so we have um gatorland here in orlando Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it or been there. Or, oh or... yeah, I've had I've had their spokesperson Savannah Bone on the show a few times. Okay. She's she's the one with bleach blonde hair, kind of okay. looks like a hooker. I'm kidding. If Savannah hears that, she'll laugh because she makes that joke. But seriously, like wild makeup, and she's yeah. in the with the alligators. Like, hey guys, I'm Savannah, and she's amazing by the way. We're friends. Yeah. So. Well, well, we went down there, and they have a place where you can go and um and actually feed the gators, and they. They call them all up and they come into this little ravine area and you hand them, you know, half a chicken and throw it out into the in there. And I want to say she was five or six. No, it wasn't last year. So she had to have been five. It had to been like two, two or three years ago. And I've got a picture of her. And now I don't know why they wouldn't let the parents go with her. Um, But, you know, I was able to stand there right at the at the fence. And she went in with one of the with one of the people, and she's like, "I want to feed the gators." I'm like, "Are are you sure?" And she's like, "Yeah, I want to feed I want to feed the alligator." And she picked up a, a thing of chicken, threw it out into the into the uh, into the little ravine area, and they were probably five feet from her, mm. and she was sitting there holding her sign, and she's like, "You know, I survived Gatorland and fed the gators," and so she was cool. as happy as could be. Um, but yeah, no fear whatsoever so it's it it, it's awesome um and actually one of the um this is man this had to be like four years ago me and my wife went down to st thomas and actually got to swim with sharks oh so cool and that was phenomenal so just it was just a completely different experience nothing i've ever experienced before in my life and it took some talking to get my wife in in with them it was just it was nurse sharks and lemon sharks so there was no fear that they were going to, you know, really attack or anything, but it's mm-hmm. still, you go under the water and it's unnerving seeing them come straight at you and then like veer off. <laughs> oh, so cool, man. That's a bucket list for sure. What, swimming with sharks? Yeah, I'd love to do that, but I don't think my wife wants to do I I want to do the whole great white cage dive. And she's like, okay. I'm good. She's like, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, honey, it, it would be an experience for a lifetime. She's like, I'm fine. <laughs> Why would yeah. someone want to do that? <laughs> yeah. That, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I would love to do it. My wife is probably in the same boat with your wife. <laughs> like, yeah. She would not want to go in, in there, but I think it'd be incredible. Um, as long as I'm in the cage, I, yeah. I would get a little nervous outside of the cage, you know, with, with the people that, that do swim with sharks, like out in the wild, which I think is amazing and beautiful, but yeah, I'm a little, I would be a little nervous doing yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. I have friends who've done it, and they said that I mean, when the when the great whites come up, their eyes are so human-like. It's very yeah. odd. They, they're not like this crazy. Pre- I've had several people say that who've done it. So I don't know. We'll see. One day I'll have to see for myself. Yeah. Um. Have you ever been down to like St. Thomas that area? No, like, I have not. Oh, no. The Virgin that Islands. Sounds, amazing. That um, sounds amazing. They actually have a. I think it's called Marine Land. Which is right off the right off of the um, like the north part of the island, like the northeast okay. part of the, 
and they have like, and it, it, it was just like a little tank where you could get in and swim with the sharks. So it wasn't oh, okay. like, it wasn't open water, uh, but they had an area for that. They had an area where you could actually feed. Uh, well, they wouldn't let you feed, but they would let you come up and, and, and touch one of the, um, the giant sea turtles. Oh yeah. And, and I mean like giant sea turtles. Yes. And the guy who actually took us as an instructor for the sharks, he's like, you don't have to worry about the sharks. He's like, the sea turtles will bite the <laughs> And he like he picked up his hand. And he's like, you see this? You see this scar right here? He's like, that's not from someone with sharks. He's like, that's from that jerk in the in the tank over there. He, oh what my god. Because they had to um, they had to medicate them for they I, I think they had some sort of infection. So they had to give them like eye drops. Um, there was some like I forget what the what, what he had said the actual issue was that they were yeah. having, but they had to do these eye drops. And what you'd have to do is get to the back of the shell and hold the hold the shell. Okay. Well, there's two of them in the tank, so the uh, so the other sea turtle would wait until you have hold of the other turtle. Uh huh. And they put the, the eye drops in and, and he said, you have to keep them at least out of the water for, sure. you know, a, a, like a minute or two minutes or, or a certain amount of time. And you can't let go of them because it dilutes the, the medicine. And he waits until he gets, you get the turtle out of the water, and you do the drops and he'll come up and sneak up silently behind you and just crank on you. Like, just oh, crank on you. man. <laughs> like, That's so funny. He's like, he is a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like you said with the slots, you know, yep. they have kind of their own personalities. But um, so has there now I, and this going back to your Instagram, has there ever been an instant with with animals that you were like, I guess, a, kind of like a fear for your life situation? I saw a few months back you had a close encounter with chompers. <laughs> I almost lost my middle finger. God. Yes. <laughs> and my engagement tripled like the views of my story tripled like anytime yeah. i'm in any type of scary situation people tune into that man oh yeah people want to see like they like oh what happened so yep. so how bad was that i mean it was pretty bad well so so i'm looking at my finger now i have i, mean, I don't think you could even see through skype but I, and I'm, I'm not trying to yeah. flip you off or anything um <laughs> you could kind of i don't know if you could kind of see a scar oh, yeah. but um, yep. so what I was doing is, and I, so I'm very active on Instagram. I, yep. I, I love the whole story feature. Cause I feel like it takes you a day in the life of me, you know, working with the animals. Cause some, and I, I realized this a long time ago, like some things that I think is kind of boring or mundane, like, you know, feeding the animals or this or that someone who works in an office or someone who doesn't have animals, that's like so cool to them. So I was like, Oh, I should just start documenting the stuff I do. So I was cleaning an alligator pool, chompers pool. And I was like, Oh, I, I usually document it. And I was filming and I got too close. And what I did when I was filming her and I've been working with alligators for 17 years, I've never had any crazy close calls with them. Um, yeah. I was looking through, I was on Instagram stories and I was looking through that, that actual, like my phone screen. And there's a slight slight delay with Instagram. There's a slight delay with stories. So yeah. I wasn't looking at her. I was looking at my camera and that's when she got my middle finger in my finger. It just happened so quick. It filleted like a lobster. Ooh. And I, I remember hitting the ground and I just wanted to make sure I, I mean, I just, dude, it was bad. I saw flesh. I just was like, Oh my God, I need to get out of here. 
And I honestly wish I would have recorded it. I mean, you could actually go on and you could see when she hit my phone and yeah. then blood, my phone went everywhere, blood went everywhere. My phone was covered in blood. I snapped one photo and then I ran up to the house to just try to yeah. go bandage it up. I wish thinking back now, I should have just recorded like a one minute thing for YouTube. Like I just got bit and this is what happened. And because that would have <laughs> probably just spiked my channel. But in, in that moment, my only concern was to make sure that, you know, cause I just, I, I just wanted to make sure I still had a part of my finger. Yeah, no, that's not a, I mean, you, you I mean, it would be a cool story, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there's a choice of losing a finger and not losing a finger, you're always going to choose the not losing a finger. Yeah, um, 100%. And it, it, by the way, it was my fault, and I take full responsibility. When you work with wild animals, my favorite saying, it's like working with a loaded gun. It can go off at any yeah. time. And I, I, it was 100% my fault. I got too close, and I got too careless, and I was so mad. It was all for a stupid Instagram story. I was sitting there thinking, like, what in God's name am I just to, to show Cindy Lou Who or whoever in her office that I'm cleaning the yeah. alligator pool and I almost lose my finger? But that's the day and age we live in. It's social media, so whatever. Yeah. Now, did you have anybody backlash as far as, you know, mm. saying, you know, as far as coming against the gator for, for it? Oh, because uh, they're wild animals. Like, if you don't expect no. them to act wild, then, I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, I don't think I have backlash. I think that I, well, I had to announce it. And I remember, yeah. I don't know, I had to say something because I couldn't, I had a bandage on my, I mean, <laughs> I had like, you know what I mean? I had to say yeah. something about this. I had to address it. Um, and I just think I did it right. I just accepted full responsibility. Yeah. I'm sure there were some people who thought, well, he should have known better, but it is what it is. When you work with animals, you never know. And well, I, I, mean, I don't. I've I don't mean backlash. I don't even mean backlash for you. Um, oh, 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 for chompers. Yeah, like. Oh, I no. mean, we live in a cancel culture where they're like, "Oh, that dog bit you, so we need no. to go put the dog down." I'm like, no, the dog was being a dog. Like, oh, not at all. People are usually all for the animals, so no, yeah. no one's ever like, yeah. "Oh, she needs to be euthanized." No, it's that was my fault. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I mentioned dogs. So you and I have one thing in common. Um, and I sent you a picture of, of my dog. Oh, yes. American Pitbull Terrier. Um, oh, so Zoe is, Zoe. is now it's funny, the white, so Zoe has a white chest uh -huh. and I have uh, Stark. He's about four years old and has basically almost the opposite. So he has the dark chest. She has the white. I mean, they, they literally look like they could be brother, sister. Yep. yep. Um, but that's one breed I think is completely misunderstood when it comes to, when it comes to dogs. I mean, and, and I just think in general it is how you raise them. So what are, what's your take on, on the whole pit bull, you know, breed? Well, I inherited Zoe. So she came, okay. so my wife's from Detroit. So Zoe was rescued from the slums of Detroit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but she, I always say that joke and she's Had like, a hard she life. was, no, she did not have a hard life. She is the sweetest dog. I mean, they're the biggest cuddle bugs. I cannot tell you. I have fallen in love with this dog. And I've never, like I said, so my wife had Zoe before, like, you know, before I'd, I'd met her. So I literally inherited yeah. a pit bull. I never thought in a million years I would get a pit bull. Like, I yeah. last breed of my mind. Like, oh, I'm good. I don't, you know what I mean? Pit bulls have such a bad stigma. Yeah. She's the sweetest dog. She's a cuddle bug. For anyone who 
is, I mean, and I know this sounds bad, but I've even looked into it. They're pretty good apartment dogs. I mean, you have to take them on walks. Like, I mean, like you have to give them exercise, but they're couch potatoes and they, they don't require, I mean, something like a Husky or a German shepherd, something that would be like tied up and crazy in like a small Mm -hmm. space. The the dog does fine. And by the way, we don't live in an apartment, but I'm just saying that they can be decent apartment dogs. She's great. Um, I just think you do need to be cautious. Um, the thing with her, she does not get along with other female dogs. I don't know if it's a female ah. pit bull thing, but that's something that we try to, you know, she's not, I don't know. She's very protective. So that's the only downside I think with the breed. How does, yeah. how does Stark do? Stark is amazing. So really? my year old, you would think he's a horse because my three-year-old just drape across him, um, literally lay on his face. And he just lays there and takes it. He's like, this is my human. I I will protect it. And so much so that if I'm like, you know, just play wrestling around with the kids, uh, he he gets anxiety. Like he, he doesn't know what to do because he's like, wait, it kind of looks like you're hurting my human, but they're, mm-hmm. everybody's laughing. I'm like, I don't know what to do here. Do I need to come in and bite somebody <laughs> or, or, and, and he'll just sit there and he'll just like kind of grunt, make noises. Like, this is not cool. You know, I'm just making sure my human's okay. And, yep. um, but he is the most patient dog. Um, we call him the goodest dog. He just, he will just lay around. And, and but when he gets into his like of energy, we got to take him outside. And mm. I literally can take him outside and just do that, do that whole thing where you just kind of lower yourself like uh-huh. two inches and he just freaks out. Eyes go big and he just starts just doing circles around. Oh, the... they love that. Yeah. Does he and do he, good around other dogs though? He does very well around other dogs. Um, uh-huh. It's now we haven't taken him like out to like a, a dog park. Actually, he's okay. not allowed at dog parks because. Oh because of his breed. Um, so they don't allow you to bring those types of dogs to, to other parks around here anyways, but any interaction he's had with dogs has been, he's been fine. Um, especially at our house, he's okay. Um, he's never really gone after another dog, but he's also very protective of us. Mm. So like anything, you know, happens or, or goes wrong, he's on high alert. And just the way that he interacts with me, cause he knows like in the house, I'm the alpha. He's yeah. like, I'm, you know, I'm the one in charge and he knows that when I'm, you know, messing around with the kids or, you know, like picking them up and throwing them on the bed or whatever and, you know, kind of tickling them and, you know, just play wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's where he gets that kind of like, okay, things are okay, but I'm just, I'm right here just in case I need to jump in. So mm-hmm. he's very protective of, of the kids, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, yes. And I, anybody came in and they weren't laughing and and you know playing and and they were in serious danger i i would have well i wouldn't have pity for the person that (laughs) came in the house but yeah i would feel bad for the person that came in the house and went after my kids because oh yeah you would absolutely destroy someone they're great guard dogs and i felt so bad so we recently just went up to court lane and my cousin dominic was going to stay at the house and he had never met Zoe. He his he's a teenager, so his schedule yeah. is completely whacked. It's like, well, okay, we'll see what happens. And he called us literally. He tried to walk in the house, and Zoe would not let him in the it, like let him in yeah. the house. So my dad had to come over and assure everything. But they are the best guard dogs. They are yeah, yeah fantastic, and they're <laughs> so sweet. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, if he so knows sweet. you. Yeah, if he knows you, he absolutely loves you, and he he will just bend over backwards. I mean, he's just he'll get on his belly. I mean, he is just the sweetest yep. thing. Um, I, I'm a little upset that he's taken up a spot in the bed. Um, yeah. Oh, so he sleeps with you sometimes, but yeah. like I'll wake like I'll wake up, you know, in the middle of the night at some point, and I'm like all hurled, you know, curled up in the yep. corner, and I'm like, yep. what is going on? And I look down, and he's just sprawled out on the bed you know do they're do they're cuddle bugs so zoe oh, sleeps yeah. on a, on a bed a dog bed next to me and every night at least once or twice a night she wakes me up because i have to tuck her back in. she sleeps with a blanket <laughs> over her and then she you know wrestles around and sometimes it gets you know uncovers her so she makes sure that i have to put a blanket over her and then sometimes after she like goes out in the morning she'll come back up and cuddle with us and she's so sweet she has a place yeah. on the couch but no they're great dogs love yeah. pitbulls and they're little divas <laughs> they are he, he is a little diva um one thing that he does and this this was told to me is that so when i pet him mm-hmm. he always wants to put his paw on me yeah so i've been told that that's them wanting to return like like them wanting to pet you um is what i've been told i don't know if there's any truth to be a complete complete myth or farce but every time i pet him he just he wants to put his paw on me oh like he's wanting to you know oh you're petting me i'll pet you too that's so (laughs) So cool he's just he's very and you can always see him thinking and he's just one of the best animals i've ever had i've had a labrador i've had a jack russell um Mm -hmm. mix um and this dog by far is my favorite. He's yeah. He's, I think my only thing with the female pit bulls, and I've talked to other owners, is them just not getting along with other dogs, with other yeah. female dogs. So we just we are very we just are conscious and make sure that we keep her secure and safe and stuff like that. But other than minus that, they're the best dogs I've ever had, one hundred percent. So, um, kind of you know getting you know we're getting a little long on the on the show, so we'll kind sure. Of, start rapping and getting to the end of it. But what are some, what you would say is myths of, I, I guess, of being an animal expert? You know, a lot of animals, you just want to be left alone. Um, I'm always dealing with people and it's just, it's so sad. And a lot of people, and so I mainly deal with reptiles and it's, yeah. so many people think they're just slow, they're dumb, there's nothing in there. And that's so far from the truth. My alligators yeah. are so smart they recognize me. They come when I call their names. They're trained to eat from my hands. Like So there's a lot of intelligence, and a lot of people don't give them enough credit. And they recognize certain people. I had an iguana that hated my sister that would chase <laughs> after my sister, which he's like, I don't like her. So he, it's just – it's people don't realize that when you look at something – Um, Because a lot of people don't connect with reptiles. They just, you know, they'll connect with something like a furry dog or a cat, but there's something in there. So that's something I I try to debunk. Uh, You know, my monitor lizard, he's about 90% potty trained. Like it blows people's mind that this lizard from Africa has a toilet in his, you know, (laughs) has a toilet in his his enclosure. So those are the types of things I do. And I love connecting people with my animals and I love sharing those stories and sharing their names and making them personable, making them likable. I think that's really important um, just to try to raise awareness about the animals. And that's why they're, you know, great ambassadors for their species. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that that I noticed. Are the is there any animal that creeps you out, or is there like, or is like every single one of them? Because I saw you with the um the hissing cockroaches and the tarantula. oh yeah yeah. Is, 
that just kind of like is there one animal that's just like ugh? Like, <sighs> I don't know. So I was a little. So my buddy Tyler has a giant bird eating spider, and okay. it's a giant tarantula, and it oh, wow. so. And they're known to be pretty aggressive. So when when he was like, "Here, pick her up," I I was a little like, "Okay," but at first I'm like, "This is a really big tarantula." Other than that, I mean, it was fine. And he actually gave me a little baby uh, bird eating spider, which was a huge fight with my wife. But that's a story for a different day. But um, <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think stuff like that. Sometimes birds, uh, parrots. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm scared, but they have a really nasty bite, and if they don't know you, they yeah. could, you know, they they could take a finger off. So sometimes, yeah. and you can't judge their behavior as much so sometimes those make you a little nervous but um other than that not really you know i'm not really freaked out by much yeah it seems like it seems like you're pretty comfortable around i mean everything you know with with them now is your is your wife or is she kind of let you handle does she let you handle the animals or is she pretty comfortable around everything as well oh she loves the cats so when we get to go back and work with clouded leopard cubs or tigers mm-hmm. or you know she she loves the furry stuff so she, yeah she like the penguins and stuff but my wife's amazing she I don't know. She's signed up for this crazy life with me. So she's always behind the scenes filming me and I get her in these crazy situations. She helps me out with my live animal shows. And anyway, so yeah, she's amazing. Best friend, but uh, yeah, she's, she's pretty comfortable around them. She hates the spiders, but you know, a lot of people don't like them. So I get it. Yeah, no, it's it. I mean, I I understand my brother is an arachnophobiac. Like, This, it doesn't matter how big the spider is. It could be the smallest little like dot, and yeah. it gets on. He screams like a little girl. It's yeah, hilarious. I don't, he, I don't he get it. Listen, be like, hey, yeah, thanks a lot, bro. <laughs> Spiders, but he is absolutely petrified of them. Um, there were two things he was scared of that I remember growing up, and since I'm gonna put him on full blast, <laughs> was spiders and Bigfoot. Really, <laughs> Bigfoot. <laughs> Oh he my God! Terrified that Bigfoot was out in the woods somewhere, just <laughs> waiting. <laughs> That's so funny. They, uh, you know, and back onto spiders. Scientists think it's an evolutionary trait, like because we evolved in Africa, and they believe that uh, some people are born with an, an innate or a born fear of spiders and snakes. Because back in the day, when we were in Africa, we had to avoid venomous spiders or venomous snakes. It was just ingrained in us because those who weren't afraid of snakes, they would end up getting bit sometimes and they would die. So they've shown shapes of snakes and spiders to newborn infants. And there are some infants that are like, I'm, you know, I'm good. Like I'm scared. They'll start crying because they don't like that. So it it is interesting. There's science behind why some of us are terrified of those creatures. Yeah. And, and I've, Got a good friend of mine, same way, you know, like just, just terrified. Um, what are, and, and th- so that, yeah, I, I saved this one for the last question, wondering if, if, if it's uh, controversial or not. Um, oh, yeah. Right. Gonna throw, so what are your thoughts on, um, now I, I don't necessarily have thoughts one way or the other on this and I oh have not God. watched the documentary. I think it's, I think I know what's coming. Go ahead. Blackfin. Oh, <laughs> Blackfin. <laughs> You mean blackfish? <laughs> Black, yeah. See, the, the whole SeaWorld thing. Like, what's so? What's your thoughts on a place uh, on a place like SeaWorld? Okay. So my thoughts on SeaWorld. This is so funny. We actually talk about this a lot on the Animals to the Max podcast. I had an interview with 
someone who was on Blackfish and who used to be a SeaWorld trainer. And I remember okay. I had that interview saved for almost two years, and I did not release it because I was so scared of the backlash from yeah. this. And I thought, oh, man, I just need to release it. So um, my thoughts on SeaWorld. So SeaWorld is – okay, so – they are a facility that is one of the top marine zoological facilities in the world that rescues thousands and thousands and thousands of stranded marine mammals and other animals mm -hmm. every year. So they they honestly um, they do so much for that. Um, what they did back in the 1970s when they were capturing orcas and um, you know taking them out of the wild is that something I agree with? No, but they stopped doing that and the organization has evolved to, you know, be more conservation based. They donate millions to conservation. They we've learned like what we know about killer whales is from research that has been done at SeaWorld. And yeah. I have interned there at a couple of the parks and some of the top facilities I've ever been. Um, the animals yeah. are just in top notch care, um, just their, their protocols, their facilities are great. So and like I said, the work they do for stranded marine animals, um, you know, and I think zoos and aquariums, we are evolving. So, I mean, I mean, I, I talk like I'm a zoo, but I mean, we, sure. we really are. And they're yeah. going towards more conservation base, more naturalistic enclosures. You know, zoos back in the 70s, sea roll back in the 70s is different from what they're doing now. So, yeah. OK, so I can still take my kids to SeaWorld. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and without without feeling guilty. Um, yeah, you know. you know, and honestly, like I'm from Idaho, a landlocked yeah. state. So when I went to SeaWorld Orlando when I was a kid, that was my only connection to yeah. to to marine animals. And when I was a kid or a teenager doing those internships, those camps were amazing. Like I got to work with killer whales and stuff that I never would have been able to work with without SeaWorld. So yeah, honestly. I yeah the 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 work they do the the money they donate to conservation and they rescue so many animals. I recently had someone it's so interesting uh, Ron McGill from Zoo Miami. He's a super famous guy. He does like ESPN radio. He's been on TV. He's been on TV for like 45 years. We talked yeah. about Blackfish yesterday on my podcast Animals to the Max and he said one thing that SeaWorld did not do well is promote how much they do for stranded marine animals and yeah. the rescue work they didn't do it well and they focus more on the showy aspect and people dancing in costumes and all the the theatrical stuff when they could have yeah. been focusing more on the work they do and he's right i completely agree with that well, from from somebody i mean i'm sea world's an hour and a half away from me so yeah I, like a couple of years ago we actually had annual passes and we took the kids yeah. down um i actually got to bring my oldest daughter just just a daddy daughter day yeah, I went down there and did the um, the dolphin experience where she could actually go down a dolphin and and be able to feed a dolphin and it was awesome. Uh, I mean, it was incredible. But um, being an hour and a half away from them, we hear a lot of the things that they do as far as oh, okay. conservation, you know, or even on the news to be like, you know, a manatee was stranded in you know such yeah. such a place or was hit by a boat and SeaWorld came and picked mm -hmm. them up, took them to their facility to you know, for medical attention. So we hear a lot of those things. So to see a documentary like that come out, you know, mm -hmm. talking about how bad they are and all that, I didn't, I just, I didn't want to watch it because I think uh -huh. a lot of times documentaries, they can, they're trying to deliver a certain point. Well, they have an agenda. 
yeah. they have an agenda. So it's not necessarily a a accurate representation of of what they are. So that's kind of why I was like, I, I didn't want to watch it. I, I didn't want to want to see it. And every time I had gone was an amazing experience. And, you know, all the yeah. animals in in great form and great care. Um, and then, of course, like you said, all the research and all the all the um, preservation they do. I think I think are fantastic. So I think so. And I mean, Blackfish was a good documentary in the sense that it got people talking and it's yeah. unfortunately it kind of it did have that agenda. And some of the things they brought up, it it it, it was not right. Like, I, yeah. I do not think taking marine animals like whales out of the wild and putting them in tanks is a great thing. It's something they don't yeah. do anymore. But look on the flip side every year. In, have you ever seen the cove? No. Oh my God, it's horrific where they slaughter hundreds, I think sometimes thousands of dolphins off the coast of Japan for food. So it's like, it's horrific. So people who are against SeaWorld, why don't you focus your efforts on stuff that is still happening in the world? I mean, there's only, what is there, only like 40 something orcas, don't quote me on this, but in captivity, why don't you focus on some of the stuff happening in the wild? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would way rather be in a SeaWorld facility than being in Japan right now being slaughtered, and yeah. it's just horrific. So anyway, well, that's that's my thoughts. Talk about it on one of your YouTube uh, videos, the the shark one, where you're dressed up as a shark with the oh, shark. Oh yeah. Food. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the and the problem with the shark fin soup and oh, of yeah. them slaughtering sharks for a hundred million a year. That's in yeah. blows my mind. A hundred million sharks a year. That yeah. it just yeah blows my mind. So, man, Corbin, I mean, we're, we're kind of, like I said, running, running on time, but I would just want to thank you for, uh, for all the work that you're doing, um, the, and the interest that you put in my kids from just sitting and watching, you know, like you said, the short two minute, five minute videos of just, you know, getting into nature and, um, they can see that, you know, certain things aren't as scary necessarily as, as, uh, we think they are, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes to like. Um, now listen, I'm not going to handle a hissing cockroach. That, that's, oh, I could send you cute. one, man. I could send you one in the mail, man. I have so many of them. <laughs> yeah, no, please don't. <laughs> You're good. Okay. It's all no. good. It's all good. Like there's certain things I'm like, oh man, I would get in and try it. Like I would be nervous, you know, with the alligators and things like that, because just from being around them as much as we are in Florida, just having that respect for them and not knowing how to necessarily get in and handle them. Um, but I would love to like get in and work with them and, and, and do things like that. But yeah, there's other things that, you know, like the creepy crawlies are, you know, a little bit, I, I think I'd have to work my way <laughs> into that one. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, the, the kids that were watching, um, you know, like I said, watching all the videos and from that, they're wanting to watch other things that, you know, involve animals. And so just putting a love for nature, um, just through what you're putting out. I want to thank you for doing that. And um, before we go, I want you to tell everybody again where they can find you um, on, you know, online, on social media, like give all your, all your info. Hey, thank you for the compliment, by the way. And it makes all the hours of editing and putting all that stuff together. It makes it worth it when you hear that people are watching. You're like, oh, this is cool, man. So, yeah. So thank you so much. So you can find me across uh, all the social media platforms, Corbin Maxi, C-O-R-B-I-N, M-A-X-E-Y on, you know, at Corbin Maxi on Instagram. You can like our page on Facebook, Twitter, 
TikTok is just Corbin underscore Maxi. And you can listen to the Animals to the Max podcast, which is available wherever you listen to podcasts on iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, CorbinMaxi.com, Google, and you should type in Animals. And I think we're the third one that comes out on iTunes. So over 155 episodes. It's a show about animals and people who dedicate their lives to them. So we've had amazing guest on that show and so and by the way if your daughter wants to learn more about the pink river dolphins we had uh suzanne smith from the pink river dolphin foundation on the show Ah. a few months anyway so just there's a bunch of awesome free content information that you can uh you know that's out there yeah i and i will definitely go and and find that one and and direct that to her for for sure she's she's about to turn 12 so she'll turn 12 next month um it's perfect yeah right right in that in that age and, and learning all, all sorts of new stuff. So yes. Corbin, thank you so much for being on the show and, and taking the time. And man, I appreciate it so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, and I forgot to mention YouTube. We're so active on YouTube. So subscribe to my YouTube channel, Corbin Maxi, and I'll continue to put out videos, man. I appreciate you watching. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. All right, so that was an amazing time. I had so much fun with Corbin. He is just a good dude. He's just a lot of fun. He's a ball of energy. Like I said, you probably saw that in the podcast. Just, man, he, he can he can go forever. He's like a little Energizer Bunny. But he's working with animals, and it is awesome. So make sure you head over to his website, CorbinMaxi.com, or also check out um, his Instagram, CorbinMaxi, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, pretty much everywhere. Go check him out. He is a solid dude and a lot of fun to follow and watch all his videos and things that he has going on. On the YouTube, it's actually really cool because, like he said, it's only like two-minute videos. You just pop them in, watch them. You'll enjoy it. Your kids will enjoy it. Everyone will enjoy it. It's just a good time. So check him out. Man, we are trying to do some new things with the podcast. We're trying to get some new guests. And more so than ever, I could use your help. So if there's anybody that you want to see on the podcast, shoot them a message or tag them on one of my on one of my Instagram posts. I'm going to start posting about people that we want on the show. Tag them, and uh, you'll see see what happens. We uh, I posted something actually the other day. I want to get um, Gina Carano, who plays Cara Dune on The Mandalorian. I would love to get her on the show, and uh, we got some mutual friends that we're trying to get that thing worked out. So maybe, just maybe. We'll get to see her on the podcast. That would be super exciting. We're gearing up for the holidays right now. Uh, We are, as this is posting on Friday the 18th, we are going to be uh, a week away from Christmas. So I hope that you're safe out there. Um, If you do have pets, actually, speaking of Corbin Maxi, go and check out his Instagram page because he put 10 tips for pets on the uh on the instagram which is really cool for the holidays um so go check it out it's a lot of fun but um man if if you are celebrating the holidays this year with family or just a small get together or small gathering as you know all the regulations and all that fun stuff i hope that you just have an amazing time be safe have fun and just i hope that you can spend some time reflecting on the positive things that have happened this year and put all the negative things behind you. I know it's easy to make a laundry list of, of issues that we've had in 2020. And I know this will go down in history as one of the worst years of all times. But there's been some good things that have come out of it. The podcast is something I'm super thankful for. My family, I we added a fourth member or a fourth child to the family. 
that's a positive thing. Those are these are good things that are happening in 2020 amid all the chaos and all the frustration and all the craziness. We have bright things to look at. So focus on the positive, especially at this holiday time and and just focus on things that you're thankful for. Spend time with loved ones safely and man, I hope that you have an amazing amazing holiday and uh, Merry Christmas. Y'all have a great one. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace.